Hollywood already did it. Our movie podcast exploring why we keep seeing the same stories told over and over again, the same themes, the same concepts, the same outlines, sequels, reboots, everything else. So if you're wondering why the posters in your movie theater have looked the same since 1984, this is the podcast for you where we are going to get into why this keeps happening, if it's relevant or if it's just for money. Are we doing anything new for a new audience or are we really just treading water? I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is my co-host, Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And we are uh, jumping right into 2023 after a month of nothing that fit our show. I think we did 15 episodes last year, but the movies are sort of back. Uh, they will be mostly back in March, but as of February 19th, there has been one giant tentpole. Knock at the Cabin came out. I don't even remember was at the top of January anymore. It's all a haze. <laughs> I'm sure there were movies and I'm sure I saw them. Megan was fantastic. A lot yes. of good stuff happening, but mm -hmm. we are here today for the third movie in the Ant-Man franchise, the jumping point for phase five. And we are going to be getting into why we like this movie, what didn't work about it, why, why Ant-Man stays relatable, why we keep doing Marvel movies. And if we're finding ways to still keep them relevant to today, and if there's anything there for the new audience, or are we really just getting tired? Um, <laughs> I mean, Maybe some people are. I'm yeah. I sort of am, but I'm still like okay. in it. I'm tired the way that you get tired of like the local restaurant near you, but it's good and still you're gonna keep it. going. But yeah, every now and then it. you're like, man, I really wish there was like an R-rated version of this restaurant. One new dish. Or yeah. like <laughs> something more tangible, like Spider-Man 2 in 2004. Uh, but let's dive right in, Terrence. What worked for you about Ant-Man Quantumania? I am a big sci-fi nut. I love sci-fi. Uh, so if you give me some weird lost in space slash Star Wars type stuff, I'm I am I am eating it up with a spoon. And that and this does that quite it does this really well. Uh I think there are some we'll get into the the what didn't, but I think that is the sort of the the linchpin of this. And it, it has fun with that side those sci-fi elements. Some don't work, but they're throwing, they're going for them, they're going for the moon with these sci-fi elements. They got things that talk with just blobs and you can't hear everybody else's voices until you drink some it's like okay i'm in let, let me do that and it keeps building on that keeps building on that until we do get to kang which i think everybody sort of knows is jonathan majors is that's a bad boy um he is he is having a ball and when he enters the screen for this, this movie changes it goes from being like oh look at that man have, oh oh this just got real this whole thing just took a quick turn. And uh, I, anytime he's on screen, I love it. And it, it makes me even happier, which I know is sort of the point of this is why they probably chose this one to be the kickoff for phase five. Um, whatever we're getting in the future with Jonathan Majors uh, is going to be a really good time. Yeah, I think the biggest part of this movie is Kang is here. Yeah, I think that is really the what we're doing. We've seen the one who remains in Loki. We have a big tease that we'll talk about at the end. But I mean, like every big tease in Marvel now, we already know it's coming from a Comic-Con <laughs> presentation because no one has patience. Yeah. So we need people to say, here's a decade of movies. Um, I agree. There's a lot in this movie that I enjoy. I really like 
uh, Cassie quite a bit. I like all the characters a lot. I think Paul Rudd's killing it. I'm a big fan of MODOK. I know a lot of people are harping on that design, but you know, I have the toy out there and you know, the thing about MODOK is he's, he's a robot with a big face. face. So I don't, I got it. (laughs) So like there it is. I, I, it worked for me when the mask was closed. It worked with me when it was open. I sort of dug his weird, like happy-go-lucky attitude of like, I'm a robot now. Isn't this yeah. crazy? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a great time. Kang is menacing and insane. And, you know, one of the things that I really did enjoy that we started the movie off with, with Cassie, was sort of this notion of the kind of hero and person she's becoming. She's in prison for helping a peaceful protest she gives a whole monologue to scott in the car mm-hmm. of just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean it's not happening you got lazy and are writing books you're just telling everyone you're an avenger there's still so many things that need to happen and so many things that need to work and i like that we're sort of addressing some of these almost real world problems where she really is getting into like, there's people who are unhoused because of the blip and there's people like this happening and people are, and it's like, great. We don't really have a superhero who's like, but what about the unhoused population? It's also interesting because that's kind of how the world is. The younger folks, the younger population are concerned about other people and their other feelings. It's a little bit more, a lot more empathy that happens with young folks. And she's like, Hey, yeah, yeah. You save the world. That's cool. We wouldn't be here. You saved me. But there are still other problems. Can we deal with those too? Uh, and I and I, I love that thought process. And it's funny because the MCU has tapped into that a little bit before, but it's almost more of the side of people who lose something due to their antics. Where Civil mm-hmm. War is like, you're just fighting for yourself, and my son died, and we dropped a building on him while we were kicking ass. Right. This is one of the few times that I can think of a hero who really is just like this grassroots, there's systemic problems. We can't just punch our way out of everything. And I liked watching that expand in the quantum realm when Scott was like, well, we just have to find our friends. And she was like, I don't care about that right now. There's a problem in front of us and it needs a solution. And like, we'll find them when we find them, but what are we going to walk away? Right. And I was like, I really dug that. I feel like we haven't had that type of hero yet. I feel like it's very Spider-Man and Daredevil in the comics when they were mm-hmm. like stop for everything. It's a very like street level thing. You see even like the guardians of the galaxy kind of get into like, well, we just have to stop and see what this distress call is. There's a distress call. And with the, with the exception of Daredevil, which you mentioned, most of them are, are the young folks. Like Spidey was, is young. It's the people who are still in there. Unfortunately, the older folks get a little bit more jaded and they're kind of like, ah, it doesn't concern me or have to do with my day to day, or I'm not getting anything of it off of it, which sometimes Tony Stark would, if I'm not getting any recognition from it, then what's the point of doing it? I'm I'm going to do it. But these kids are actually kind of like, I'm doing this because this is the right thing to do. And it's what he said to him in homecoming when Tony, when he was like, well, the vulture's doing this and he's stealing his weapons. Like, can we call it? And he was like, ah, it's a little bit above their pay grade kid. Right. And it's like, well, no, absolutely. You could have <laughs> called like get Hawkeye to stop a bit a right. second. Like what, yeah. why not just go stop this problem? Uh, So I really appreciated that. And I wish we had gone further with it because, and this is an interesting thing that I think happens with a lot of the themes in this movie is we, we set a lot of interesting ideas in place. And then then when Kang shows up, we throw them all out. What's done. Yeah. Because we also get into this notion. That's what the movie was sold on of like Kang giving you back your lost time. Mm -hmm. And we do a lot of it with Janet 
and we go back in time to like what she could have seen and what it could have been. And I'm going to give you that chance. And your daughter is going to open the door and you're going to be there. And it wasn't about the blip. It was sort of everything. Scott's been in prison and this. Mm. And I thought that was a good way of connecting Ant-Man one's agency of like who he was and what he was trying to do out of prison and put him in a place where he could have been like corrupted for it Mm -hmm. and like helped Kang with this heist. And then the heist was really just like, actually it's over there and it just needs to be smaller. Yeah. It's not much simpler than what it had always sort of been. It's not so much a heist and more like, I need you to return this shirt and get it in a smaller size for me. You can fit in that hole. I can't. Can you go get that for me? Yeah. Which I, that to me was sort of a bummer because I really wanted to play with that notion more of like this time that Scott lost and all the different actresses who have played his daughter and his reaction to that. Uh, so it was, it was a shame to me that it very quickly just became like Kang has his daughter, Kang has to get out, give me back my daughter let's fuck him up and go. Well, that's a, one of my, one of my two major issues that I sort of have. I think the character development of this, it starts like it's about to happen and then it just stops uh, for everybody. The only person who really kind of gets any type of character development is Janet, but that's more so character explanation because we just didn't know anything about her from the pre- We never saw her until the very end of the last film. So kind of like, hey, this is who she, what that time was. But we don't get a, a sort of any type of arc and no one really has an arc. They are all pretty much the exact same people that they were at the very beginning of this film as they are at the end. And that sort of sucks especially when you're doing high sci-fi, goofy stuff, a lot of what makes good sci-fi works is that there is somebody who learns a lesson in this. And you have lessons told to people, but nothing really feels like anybody actually learned anything in this entire show. It becomes just an ABC ride as opposed to like, hey, this is what a person gained out of this. And some of it works. Some of it seems like they're close. Like even when Cassie says to uh, Scott, like when he's about to die, she's like, I'm sorry, I did this. There's really nothing that comes of that. It comes kind of like, oh, that's a line that we have to put in there because she feels a little bit bad. But we're not going to bring, we're never going to bring this back up, and everything's going to be fine at the end. Yeah, it's it's a it becomes a very static movie in that way mm-hmm. where there you're right, there is no big character arc. This version of Kang, spoiler alert, is presumed dead, even though I was really hoping to get like real timey wimey about it. He starts doing the like, I was the one who knew I had to like make a different a sacred timeline i was like oh are we gonna follow the one who remains and we in theory already know the end of this story and what we're really seeing is like kang has to win but then maybe our loki comes back and stops him and it was like no he's the banished one and there's the sacred one and the banished one so now i'm also like well was this earth 616 kang or a different Kang. And when am I going to meet the Kang that we're following? Right. There was a part yeah. of me that's like, I need what the MCU right. doesn't have to me right now is a main character. The infinity saga is yep. Tony Stark's. Arc. I was thinking the exact same thing earlier. We don't have one. And some of it might be because of actual things that happen in the real world. I feel like they were probably leaning towards a little bit of this being T'Challa's and that sort of all had to kind of change. Uh, and they can't use Spider-Man. He would be the most logical person, but they don't have full control of that character. So they're kind of like, we can't give this to him. So yeah, To me, it should be Sam. Like, I'm like, it should be Cap. I agree. I agree. Um, but they, yeah, we have not given this 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 current saga a lead. And before we had two, we had Cap and Tony. 
I mean, yeah, we had both of them, but now we kind of don't, we don't have anybody. It's kind of just like we're going through the rudders. And that's sort of why I think some people are having a hard time attaching to, to, to some things that are, that are sort of existing. My other issue with the film, um, while I do love a good sci-fi, I also love sci-fi that feels tangible or sometimes weighted. And I could see the green screen happening in this movie. Like I could see it. Like you can literally see the other oh, running around the soundstage with stuff happening that they can't see. It's clear as day. And so for me, that unfortunately, that feels like there's a little weightlessness to it. Like none of this, this is perfunctory. You're just going through the, you're having a um, a stage show at Universal Studios. That's what's happening right now. You just, you just filmed. Uh, and that sort of took me out sometimes of like, oh, this really feels tangible. Now it does sort of correct itself because we don't get enough of these in the Marvel universe, but a, a mono versus mono fight at the end sort of was like, ah, thank you. I needed that because a lot of the stuff you have before this felt just like, Lasers. oh yeah they it was like they were just like you know what you're gonna be in creed soon do you want to just whoop his ass <laughs> let's let's rip that shoulder that shirt off and let's see that arm and like beat the crap out of this dude i'm really curious then how you feel about this because kang's obviously in a way our main character correct then we might just be following the villain instead of the hero which is fine do you think he's different enough from Thanos? Do you feel like his motivations, his presence, or do you think we're retreading anything familiar? So the one who remains, I felt was very different than anything that we were getting. He felt like a completely different. Once this version, the exiled one is what I'll call him now, the exiled one felt very on brand with, with Thanos. Like their even their their delivery, their how it's stoic and how it's very their delivery is almost the same. It felt like their ideals now because he's not the main one i don't think it doesn't feel like he's the main one uh at least not the way that this sort of delivered i i do think he's going to be different enough from thanos as we go along i think the power set is always already clearly bigger because eventually i feel like some of these kings make it's clear in the post credit some of these kings work together um so you might get multiples coming in and they're clearly very powerful um the ideology does not feel the same yet but I think as we go along, some of it might blend, but it seems like, whereas Thanos was trying to basically fix the world, it's like, hey, there's too many other people here. We need to kind of cut this in half and kind of make a better life. Kang feels more just like, hey, I just want to play around with stuff. And I want this is want to control all things and remove the universes that I just don't feel are necessary. And it seemed like for a minute in this film, he was perfectly capable, fine with me. Hey, Janet, if you help me out, I'll leave your universe alone. Like yours cool, we can hang out there. You've done me a favor. I'll go ahead and leave yours. Let it be. And it wasn't until she turned on him that he's like, all right, cool. Now I'm going to burn this one down too. It was a shame that we did the Ultron trick that she touches the throne and sees what he's going to do or what he's done. I was like, well, we've, we, this is Wanda and the Mind Stone again. Like that, that was almost to me where, uh, we almost added so many new ideas to this story. And we almost did a lot of like callbacks to Ant-Man and relevances to today. There's a lot of like saying why it's like today. And we don't really play with that idea. And instead it really became like, there's a threat. And I, and Michelle Fiverr isn't even going to tell us what the threat is for 30 minutes. We're going to keep doing this. Like, <laughs> can you tell us now? Not yet. Can you tell us now? Because the audience has seen the trailers. They know it's <laughs> Kang. It's all we're talking about outside of this. We need like a Deadpool meta, like a She-Hulk character to be like, just tell us because everybody who's watching knows. Yeah. Just tell us, get along, mm -hmm. get to it. Um, 
And then like it, it sort of felt very Rise of Skywalker. We're gonna broadcast the signal to anyone who can help. And I was like, well, we we did this. And the texture, the literal visuals of it to me felt very similar to Ragnarok and Guardians. And similar to the problem they were having when they were like, everything's in New York and it all looks like New York. I'm now mm -hmm. like, but everything that's not Earth, all it stuff. all starts to feel very similar. And I don't know how better to explain this other than like, uh, I'll use the Legend of Zelda and Star Wars. The Forest Temple is the Forest Temple and there are grass people and the fire temple is the fire temple and that's where the fire people are and this movie to me was like you're gonna get one of everybody and there is no semblance of culture of who's there even like the place with the living buildings was like this dude kind of looks like the orb from the comics but we're not going to address it he's got a big like mechanical eye and she's the leader of the resistance and there's this like dude made of goo and all of these people cohabitate with a telepath and i was like this doesn't feel like a place that this is like an island <laughs> In their cantina where Bill Murray or whatnot shows up, it feels exactly like everything else. It just happens to be he's there. Like I, I there is no real difference of islands or parts of this quantum realm. It's all one big thing. So I, I get that. Yeah. I, I again I think it's because it just doesn't feel lived in. Um I think that's the word for it. It doesn't feel I lived in. I think Guardians and James Gunn do a much better job. While it is still sci-fi, I think he uses a lot of practical things when he can there to kind of fill in the rest. And it feels like it feels like a more lived-in world. Where both Ragnarok, uh, Love and Thunder, and this, when they get in their sci-fi stuff, you're just like, I this is a CG fest. Like you're on a green screen. I can tell. Yeah, that was there's a quite literal non-tangibility, um, which is a shame. Yeah. Do you feel like I guess let me ask you this in a in, in a different way? What do you think made Ant-Man relatable in these movies? Do you think that's still here now? Or have we sort of like started to betray that arc as we're getting, as we go from palate cleanser to big movie, as Peyton Reed said in his movie. Right. It's like, I'm tired of being the palate cleanser. And I was like, but everyone likes me. to get, everyone likes their mint at the end of uh, a meal. Peyton. Are nice. Don't give them to me, please. Everyone uh. likes my movies, but they keep <laughs> saying they're palate cleansers. And it's like, you're learning the wrong lesson. Right, it's like you took the wrong things away from Focus me. on the first part of that. Um, I think what started with Scott Lang and what made him sort of separate is that he was the first father, if you will, of the MCU. Um, before we start giving everybody a kid, he, he kind of had a kid first. Um, granted, Hawkeye had a family that we didn't know about, but we found out about. But he was the one first one that was really a father. And so a lot of the things that he did were in the behest of his, his daughter. Like, I'm doing this to save my daughter. I'm doing this because I want to give my daughter a better life, yada, 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 yada. And to make myself a better person. I think everybody sort of related a little bit to him because he was he was a criminal. He was he was technically not a good guy before all of this happened, but he did have he did it for a reason to take care of his kid. I think that's something that everybody can sort of relate to. So he was the everyman um, in this. Even the way that he responded to seeing Cap the first time, he was kind of that person like, oh my God, you're Captain America. Like, you're so big. Like, oh, oh God. That's how a lot of people sort of respond. So he's always sort of been this everyman. In this, doesn't feel like it's changed a little bit, although the opening sequence of him like re writing a book, it, like, okay, now he is entering Tony Stark level uh, of like accepting his fame, kind of like, hey. Yeah, and it's still he's still playing it off a little bit where it's like because he is Paul Rudd doing it, it's still a little bit like uh, he's not completely as schmarmy as. as oh yeah, as he's Rudd. always going to be charming because he's right. Paul Rudd. Like, yeah, you're still, like, but you're still like, oh, you just made an entire book about this. But I do love that if people call him out on it, but it, it loses a, a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, 
he jumps in that quantum realm. Like when 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 Janet falls in there and when and and and, and Hope fall in there, he's kind of like, well, dang, that sucks. But I might have to stick around when his daughter jump falls in there. Like he has to let go immediately. He's like, nope, gotta follow my kid. And so that is what I think everybody still sort of connects to. Like that guy is still about his daughter. And that's what always sort of brings him. That sign is still there, no matter what else is happening around around him. Yeah. So that that's true. Cause I I sort of thought it was interesting when I rewatched Ant-Man that there is a lot of conversation around his crime was like taking down a company that was treating their employees poorly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, we don't really talk about that a lot. It's just sort of there. And I liked then that Cassie was like, we have to keep that going. It used to be about that. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, man, there's just, there's so many things in this movie that feel like they would have been like new and relevant and interesting. Cause it's, you know, when you go back to, like phase one and Iron Man. And there was still so much like post 9-11, not problematic politics, but like we very much in terms of movie going then like wanted to see the hero win and the snarky anti-hero. And we wanted these shades of gray. And by the time phase two started and we were further out from that, it was a little more like fun and carefree. And then mm-hmm. phase three, we were just finishing the infinity saga. Yeah. And we talked a lot on other podcasts about how phase four was so much about grief. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because I feel like the world was of course dealing with a lot of grief then at the time too, and a lot of mourning and a lot of rediscovering purpose and rediscovering who we are and values and beliefs. And we saw pretty much every movie deal with that in some way so it was interesting to come into ant-man and launch phase five and see cassie embody his old values and beliefs but again we don't really challenge his Mm -hmm. we then very much make the movie like you're going to become a godzilla sized ant-man and mess up stuff and just yell about cassie and get her back uh i'm curious though if you think there's going to be an overall theme to phase five, which we know is this movie, the Marvels. There's a uh, third one that's Guardians. coming out this year. Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. And then uh, Thunderbolts is what we're building to. So cap four is in between that. And I think blade is still blade, in the mix. Which is the outlier. kind of like, I don't see how that really fits in. And then um, the shows, but movie wise, because right, the well, shows yeah. seem to be in limbo right now. Anyway, we just know Loki season two and secret invasion are coming. Which seems to be the only two that kind of really tie into what they're doing with, with phase five. Um, it's hard to get a read on what these is because two of those are street level uh, shows. Um, and it looks like we're built. If Thunderbolts is our quote unquote Avengers movie, that's so not Kang. Correct. So like, I am not, like... You're not putting that character on that screen with them, um, nor should you. Uh, so, and I, and from what it feels like with Guardians, Guardians feels very self-contained. Like, we're telling the end of that family's story. We're not going to really put Kang in that. Uh, so we may not, from what I can kind of gather with the way things are, I mean, we'll probably get pieces of Kang in, in Captain Marvel, maybe. That probably might be the next time that we get anything of him outside of Loki. And so I don't I don't know. I feel like the most of the timeline stuff is going to be there. Um I think we're in a weird time with 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 Marvel right now. Uh I think they kind of gotta one, like we said earlier, gotta pick a lead. They gotta pick who's who's the guy, who's the id guy 
for this this universe or girl. I'm not saying that to be gender specific. We have to pick the it person to be the the focal point of this, um, and then have them at some point be face to face with the villain, and then let's sort of get a little bit. I, I love the multiverse. I love the whole thing at the end, post credit scene, all the different versions of Kang. But we need some. We need to start getting some type of clarity into what that all means. Um, and I hope that we're not waiting until we start putting like the Fantastic Four on the board before we get a little bit more clarity because that that is who could That's be pretty far away. Exactly. Yeah. That's a long time to sort of wait before we kind of get to like these guys are the new the new leads of of this world. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think it's very interesting because. It's easier now with the full Infinity Saga to sort of see the forest for the trees and how much of that uh, series was dealing with PTSD and like Tony is reactionary. Every Everything he does is reactionary. Even mm -hmm. making the Iron Man suit was a reaction to this and right. every evolution of it is just him reacting to the other thing and we see Cap constantly readjusting to a new world and Thor constantly figuring out who he is and his place in this so universe. All the cart like and grief that he has to go through. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, you know, phase four is all mourning and all grief and all mm -hmm. repent. And I, I don't feel like there is any like a tangible, even like uh conflict in the team. It like every so separate and everyone feels very much just like we got to go fight the bad guy. I don't really feel like there's a, as complex of a character yet either. Maybe like Miss Marvel and She-Hulk. She, yeah, say like yeah, those are uh, some of the ones. Or and, Wanda. We, Wanda and Vision were still very like oh there's a lot here but even where we left Doctor Strange everyone just seems very on their path. Disjointed but right in their own world seems to have it together but like together there doesn't seem to be a, a focus and like i don't know why but for me the best one of the best films in phase four was shang chi and we have no mention when that guy oh it is it's one of the best films in phase four it's awesome yeah. that movie yeah. was great i was yeah. ready to follow him for yeah. a long time <laughs> exactly and we've got uh, nothing haven't even heard about a sequel <laughs> right. we don't know when he's showing up <laughs> His director's been stolen to go to you're gonna go do avengers who cares about you like we'll see uh <laughs> yeah a lot of just like it's it's we're in a very unique place and i think that's i think some of the fatigue is just knowing too much about the future i think that's a um, big piece of this honestly i um, do think covid really both production and story-wise like we got we squeezed that tube and it was just show after show after show after movie they were more like that's what some people have to understand these those shows were more spaced out in their original plan than what we got but because some of them was reliant on also the, like dr strange is directly attached to attached to wandavision that had to be out so they're like we gotta we gotta burn these out and put these out so we can continue production we don't want to sit with five in the can and we start waking other things so i i get it does need to be more spaced out. I don't mind it so much, but there is a lot of like, hey, the second one is over. You're moving on to the next. And, well, I, I, and I think a lot of people, as they left this, um, and this is sort of what they kind of create, the monster they've created, that these movies um, are, don't feel as, or don't appear to be as self-contained as, as, as they are, or the audience isn't expecting them to be. But sometimes when they don't have like, hey, you didn't lay off enough groundwork for the future or you didn't tell me what's happening for this, people get do have a negative reaction to that. They're like, hey, I know this movie's coming. I know this is coming. I know this is coming. You didn't give me any of that here. I don't think they think have to. I liked the Kang Dynasty tease, but a part of me was like, yeah, I know. Same with the Loki season two tease at the end. I was like, no, I know. 
the the, 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 the big timely one. Like, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, of course he was. He was in the statue at the end of this. Like, I know he's going to be on Loki in some You You announced Duh. this show last year. <laughs> right. I'm well aware of it. You did it at the end of the first season. There was I no debate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we got it. Um, so I definitely, I think that's where I'm feeling it. And I think as a result too, when I know things like the FF are coming, I am just like, yeah, 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 this is fine. But like, you know what I really want? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I've enjoyed all the shows, but I did have a moment before this sort of like half announcement that we don't really know anymore, where I was like, man, if we're really about to do Secret Invasion, Loki season two, what if season two, Agatha, Ironheart, I mean, I think there's one I'm forgetting. Daredevil. Daredevil. Well, Daredevil would be next year, but I was like, there was a minute where I was like, they need to, if they wait until March to release any of these shows, there will literally be a Marvel episode of TV every week until the end of the year. And that's what I was like, oh, that's when I'll get tired. I'll get tired when it's when I'm every Thursday at midnight, I'm watching a show. And as much as I liked uh, WandaVision and as much as I like Catherine Hahn, a, a show about Agatha doesn't seem as necessary uh, as, as I would like give me another Shang-Chi. So some of these things are like, oh, you're giving me, you're giving me tertiary characters, which great. I love to see them. But if you're burning your MCU card out on me, I'd, I'd rather it be on like, Daredevil or Black Panther. Yeah, we might just be getting to a place where the comics are, where I walk into a comic shop and I don't buy every issue. I just get Spider-Man and And Daredevil. That's okay. I think that's what people sort of have to understand. There's enough of this that you may not consume everything and like it. There might be some things like, nah, that's not for me, or nah, I don't want to watch that. I think. I mean, I didn't watch I Am Groot. I don't, you know. And I think that's what we have to sort of understand. Like, there's going to be a lot out here. I I also don't think that there... (laughs) There's a lot of negative reactions because Marvel has been the winner for so long. And because Marvel has been the winner for so long, it's a little bit of like, nah, nah. You know, that was my weirdest thought leaving Ant-Man is I was like, I'm not fatigued of Marvel. I'm not tired of superhero movies because I've been watching them forever. I don't really get tired of a genre. I maybe dip out for a minute and then something comes back and I get wrapped in again. But I am ready for whatever the next, I guess, trend is. Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, I walked out and I was like, man, but you know what I'm really hungry for? R-rated sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I want I want a Terminator or a Die Hard or an Alien to come out or a whole new IP. Like, show me Adam Driver fighting these dinosaurs. Right. I'm just sort of ready for the conversation to become about something else. And you what's... Need, yeah. Yeah, you need something else to sort of pick up so that you can, one, appreciate this more, but it also might make this, this side, this MCU stuff, pick up its game a little bit more if somebody else is all, is now the, the leader. Sometimes the leader doesn't test itself or, or, or stretch itself a little bit. Because I do think, and this is less about Ant-Man and more about the general movie-going world in this moment that I sort of thought about, uh, and it is it ties into Ant-Man. I feel like we're about to get a lot of like multiverse stories, uh, whether they're in horror, everything, everywhere at all, all at once. Marvel's yeah. obviously doing it. Right. And it's very interesting when you do look at periods of time and the and where we are as a culture and then what stories we're getting, where you go back to the 70s and there aren't a lot of Vietnam 1970s movies. It's a lot of space, horror, event. We're not, we don't want to do it. 
you go into the eighties and it's all getting like younger and fun and we're back. And then we're start doing a little bit of nostalgia and then the nineties, everything goes on. Uh, and I feel like, cause when you even look at the Oscars this year, uh, Banshees of Inishirin, The Whale, there were a few other examples that I could think of, Tar in a way, they're all dealing with ideas of different type of isolation and almost the dangers of it. Whether it's Banshees of Inishirin and somebody's bored, I don't want to live on this island anymore, we're not friends anymore, I'm wasting my time. The Whale is obvious, you know, it's The Whale. Uh, Tar is very, she's very focused on her work. Even where that's the whole, the whole movie. (laughs) And I I think a lot of people are predicting multiverse movies. I'm not the first one to say that, but I think what we're really going to see post COVID are isolation movies. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting when you look at what the MCU is doing and a lot of our heroes who are retiring are isolating. We had Wanda isolate. Wakanda is still isolated. Namor wants to stay isolated. Uh, And there is also all these different possibilities. And it makes sense because we spent almost three years isolated and wondering what could have been if we had just done this, 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 or the other. So, of course, stories about new chances, Mm -hmm. making up for lost time, getting that time back, and like, hey – you're still isolated. It's not great. There's dangers to it mm-hmm. um, are going to start flooding. And I wonder if that theme, because it's so much harder to do that with superheroes than it was when we were like post 9-11. And it was like, please just save the day. I just want to see the hero win. Right. Um, and then horror also. There was a lot of interesting post 9-11 movie going. Um, but I wonder how much of this is going to sort of switch our Marvel movies because a good superhero movie can't really be isolated. And when no. you do, you get WandaVision or you get this, or we are. And it's going to be a lot more of just like, this person was isolated here and now they're mad. Kang was isolated in the quantum realm, but now he's just pissed. Right. This was like, it, it'll be interesting to very, very much see how we do it. Uh, but yeah, I'm much less fatigued and more just like, you know, it'd be cool. An R-rated comedy. I would love to go see a, a fun coming of age movie. Which is why I think, I mean, they're not, it's not, it wasn't originally on their slate. It was announced post, but that's why I think Deadpool does have my interest. Because it's one of those ones where you're like, oh, that's that's out of the box. You, you kind of stuck into this world where you have this R-rated thing. And now you got to let it go and you can play in this world. Show me that. And I hope, I would hope that our, that Deadpool R-rated thing does so well or well enough that we can go back and be like, you know what, Blade? F it. Go R. I was wrong. Go R. I think that's coming. I think I think that's at least PG-13. Because, you know, yeah. you can make, like, Revenge of the Sith is a PG-13 right. movie. There's the, plenty of the good PG-13. And it feels like it's grimier than that. Yeah, you so you can do it. But, yeah, they, let's let's get a little bit of an edge here, yeah. you know? Let's get it. Let's do it. Cam, I mean, Kang whoops Ant-Man. I want to <laughs> let's make these Avenger movies PG-13. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot you can do. I don't think every superhero movie needs to be R-rated. I think no. things like The Boys and Deadpool and Logan carry that torch well enough. I have no desire to see an R-rated Ant-Man movie. No. I have no desire to see an R-rated Captain Marvel movie. No, but, but Blade like, is one that leads itself. Like that should probably be R-rated. If you do, if we get a Ghost Rider ever again, that probably should be R-rated. Yeah. Yeah, but there's there's some. It depends on the character, but 
I mean, the other only other thing left is like the box office, which we're in the middle of President's Day weekend, so it's not solidified. We've made over a hundred million dollars, so like we can say fatigue all we want. People right. are still showing up. It did two twenty five, I think, worldwide. Oh uh, my god! So yes. we're fine. So it's fine. It's the biggest opening brand, man. So yeah, it, it, it's like I get. Yeah, you can say what you want, but the numbers are it's still here. Um, obviously, this is China still only did not really show up, but that's because Jonathan Majors is all over the poster and they don't I mean, particularly like you know, I think, like me. <laughs> I think we can start focusing on uh, other markets yep. sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's fine. We don't need to have a complete dependency but it's like we have for years. Like, you look at those numbers and you're like, I, it's, I know you keep saying fatigue, the critics, I think the critics are done. That's where, where I think they are They've they've kind of like now we're out we're we're selling out but it's clear the fans the the Rotten Tomato fan score is still pretty high for this so yeah and I you know I don't care about Rotten Tomatoes I don't care like I, that, that's if you're new to our show we don't really do letter grades or numbers because I did I just what is a seven what's an eight what's a fifty this a seven to me for this wouldn't be like I have some things that I would quote unquote give a seven to and I would feel that they're higher so I I don't think those are arbitrary numbers that I'm just throwing out there. a 50% to me is a movie that I was really upset leaving right and, a, and poorly made and this is not a poorly made movie no. it might not have a it might have a lazy script mm-hmm. but it's a well-produced well-acted shiny movie um you know, once you get below there is where I'm like, okay, these these just didn't know that it's out of focus. Right. The actors don't know seem like they know their lines. The directing's all over the place. The cinematography's weird, and none of that's true of this movie. And part right. of that is because Marvel is a machine, right? Um, they have a certain a QC check that at least you're not putting out things that are like this is just doesn't pass the smell test. You're at least going to do some things that are that are correct. Um, now, whether it works for everybody, that is where you start getting into what is and what isn't. Um, some people just don't like Ant Man, like oh, it's a character with ants, like that's a part of it too. There's there's many degrees to this, but I do think the biggest thing with this MCU is one they need to find a lead. Like I think there needs to be a movement of correctness because people got sort of spoiled by riches. Phase three is insane. Um, and a lot of people are coming out of that like, oh, nothing in phase four was as good as phase three. I was like, well, guys, we had to go through phase one and two to get to phase three. We're kind of resetting and doing that again. So you might need to just temper your expectations a little bit. And so once we get to phase the end of phase five and phase six, you still don't see a sort of roadmap. Then I think we can start to have a little bit more conversation about the complaints. Uh, I don't even know that phase three is my favorite phase. Because no? I feel like a lot of these movies, when they came out, like it was always split like this. People, I remember people being like, Doctor Strange, we're just doing Iron Man again in Doctor Strange. I remember people true. being like, Civil War's airport scene is boring. They're just fighting in open space. Black I remember War was not well received until it was. Oh, yeah, people... until Black Panther and Ragnarok and Guardians 2 uh, and Homecoming, I guess. People really liked Homecoming. Both the Spider Mans are in that yeah. phase three, so that's where they get. Maybe it is my favorite. I don't know. I really like phase one. I'm a big fan of that old Cap and Iron Man at Avengers. But old that Cap just... and, yeah. There. Winter Those Soldier and Guardians solid. are in phase two. It's very yeah. hard to figure that out. But yeah, um, yeah, I remember people not liking the first Thor, second Thor. I remember people not even liking the first Iron Cap Man, when it came Iron, out. And it's funny, us people always talk about Iron Man 2, Thor 2, and Incredible Hulk are all in phase one. And they are all pretty much brought, no one really likes those flicks. So, guys. I think Thor 2 is in phase two, but Thor 1 was. Yes. I'm yeah. sorry. Thor, Thor 1, Iron Man 2, and Incredible Hulk are all in that first one, and they weren't well received at the time. Yeah. 
so I, yeah, so I'm like, it's, it's fine. It's all fine. Um, just, you know, enjoy the things you like. It's not that hard to do. And stop beating up at people who do enjoy the things you don't like. You don't have to like the same things, guys. It's perfectly fine. It's true. Um, yeah, that's all I've got. So I'm going to wrap us up. Uh, this has been Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania with Hollywood Already Did It. We're going to be gone, I think, because Cocaine Bear doesn't fit. And then that's it for end. February. But then March is going to heat up. We've got Scream, Dungeons and Dragons, Creed. Creed uh, and there's something else big in there that I'm forgetting. But there's mm-hmm. a lot. And then April is Mario. And then we're in the summer. And then we will be here for eternity right. once again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully with you as well so of course you know wherever you're on it follow subscribe leave a review leave a comment i'm on twitter at as always blake terrence is at terrence tatum and hollywood adi is our twitter and hollywood already did it is uh, probably where you'll find us across everything else tiktok facebook instagram all of them youtube youtube and that's it we're in it a whole new year of movies and terrence is a lot more on our youtube channel also trailer reactions other movies show reviews everything we don't do here and yeah, that's it. That's everything we got. Um, twenty happy twenty twenty three on this <laughs> February nineteenth. Um, right? Like it's <laughs> it's so funny having this be like, and we're back in a month and a half. A month late. <laughs> Nothing happened in January. Yeah. A lot of planets were in weird alignments, and there weren't movies that fit anything. <laughs> and uh, that's it. We'll see everybody next time. Later. Thank you.